San Francisco Ballet's Meet the Artist podcast. In this episode, you'll hear dance educator Mary Wood in conversation with San Francisco Ballet soloist Lonnie Weeks. This episode was recorded on Friday, February 14th, 2020, before a performance of Program 2, Classical Revision. Hope you enjoy. So, here we are. And this evening's artist, I am delighted to be in conversation with soloist Lonnie Weeks. Welcome, Lonnie. Hi. Thank you, everyone, for coming. It's always a treat to have a dancer who can speak about just about every program, I mean, about every piece on the two programs that are in repertoire right this couple of weeks. Yeah, just about, yeah. And um, the flip side of that coin is we get to have Lonnie with us now because you're not scheduled to perform tonight. It's a rare occurrence, but yes. So we're going to celebrate his night off with him. Um, So I, you know, I hardly even know where to start. Let's start with a little thumbnail bio. Okay. So you have been at San Francisco Ballet, I think. This is my 10th season. 10th season. Yeah. And you came here via... Uh, Well, this is actually my second company. Before I uh, joined San Francisco Ballet, I danced with Texas Ballet Theater in Fort Worth for five years. Um, And then before that, I was training in Chicago and in the middle of a cornfield outside of Chicago. And then um, before that, I was uh, born in Los Alamos, New Mexico. Oh, so Los Alamos is not necessarily known for art as much as science. Um, (laughs) Nuclear bombs, Mm -hmm. mostly. Um, And actually, the the reason my family was even there in the first place was because my grandfather worked in the lab there. Uh Yeah. Oh, boy. Well, so over the years that you have been a dancer at San Francisco Ballet, we've seen you do just about everything, the classics, the contemporary, and the balancing, and everything in between. Um, when were you promoted to soloist? Um, so this is my second season, I believe, as soloist. Um, and yeah, yeah. I can't believe it's already my second season as soloist. And you're doing all sorts of fun featured yeah. parts. Um, in a sentence or two, what's fun about actually being given the title of soloist? And I'm going to just preface that by saying one of the treats of having so many guest choreographers here and having a more open American system is that there's a lot of flexibility in casting. And, you know, the... However, <laughs> as a soloist, officially, what does that mean? So, well, one of the great things about being in San Francisco Ballet is whether you're corps de ballet, soloist, principal, sometimes you um, get to do roles that aren't necessarily in your rank. You know, it's great. They, you, sometimes you get a really great test. and um, so. But one of the nice things about being a soloist is um, maybe you get to focus on roles that are maybe a little bit more deep, something that you can really cut your teeth on, something you can kind of delve into a little bit, um, something with a little bit more substance. Um, Also, maybe you're able to take a few more artistic liberties and maybe give your own interpretation into roles, whereas um, maybe in the corps de ballet, you do have to be a little more uniform, blend in, um, although I definitely... Don't I value my time in the corps de ballet 
very much. They, I mean, the corps de ballet works harder than anyone. So I de- I'm, def- I'm definitely glad that I put my years in in that rank. Well, let's dive right into um, this evening's program. Uh, you are cast in both Bespoke and Sandpaper. Um, let's start with Sandpaper because, oh my gosh, Sandpaper. It's amazing. Um, one of the things that, that, I mean, again, where do you start with Sandpaper? Well, how about with Mark Morris? What a character. So you, um, I know, have been in a few of the other Mark Morris pieces that are in our rep. We have nine total pieces. Wow. And um, you, have, you were able to work with him, you mentioned, actually during the creative process in That's an right. earlier piece. And then I understand he blew in last week to rehearse sandpaper. Yeah, he blew, he blew in out of nowhere, but literally blew in. I heard that his plane had some very serious oh, turbulence, <laughs> actually. Um, but yeah, he was nice because so, he so, came yeah. in and he was able to give his two cents before, the prim- mm-hmm. for, before mm-hmm. opening night of sandpaper. So before we actually talk about what it's like to really work with Mark Morris, let's talk about sandpaper. Sandpaper um, is this kind of wacky piece on the surface of it. It's actually one of the first pieces I ever saw San Francisco mm-hmm. Ballet do. Mm-hmm. We were on tour in Copenhagen yeah, and yeah. performing at Tivoli Gardens, and I hadn't really seen them rehearse it, and the curtain went up, and I went, what? 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 <laughs> like, Green. Very intrigued. <laughs> um, curious, how many who are here right now have not ever seen Sandpaper? You guys are in for a treat. Oh, yes. Um, So Mark Morris is very well respected for his musicality. And he's chosen to do this piece to a series of pops pieces by Leroy Anderson. Yeah. Talk about working with the musicality of Mark Morris. And if you want to refer to his other pieces, go ahead. I mean, I do want to talk about something that I've never seen before working with Mark Morris was when he was creating another ballet that we did a while ago called Bo. He would he would sit in the middle of the room with his uh, musical score and he would read the music and somehow by reading the music he knew exactly what steps he wanted to do. He's so he and he always refers back to the music. He's very in tune with the music and that was just something that I had never seen before. I'd never seen a choreographer right there with the music right in front of his face. You know that one of the things Mark has done in the last several years is conduct orchestras. I actually just read that. Orchestras and I think even a few operas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So music is extremely, not just important to him, but, but at the center of his being. Yeah. So um, you're dancing sandpaper. You've maybe heard some of the pieces. This, I mean, it starts with the overture is Sleigh Ride. And the finale piece is the syncopated clock. And I just want you to think about, like, when Sleigh Ride is playing and all the dancers are behind the curtain, they're jamming out. They're totally, like, you know. It's, but it's nice. It's a great way to start off the piece and get you to kind of shake off the nerves. So when you hear that piece of any one of those pieces of music in an elevator... Um, you really don't have a sense of how complex and perhaps sophisticated that music really is. But dancing it, say a little bit more about that. Um, well, so um, 
something that is cool and unique about sandpaper is most of the um, uh, uh, pieces start and finish on a grid with us all standing on a grid. And uh, Mark Morris is actually a very, has a very mathematical mind and he creates, um, I don't know how he, how he manages to create a grid with, I don't, how many people are in the ballot? 25 people and five by five and we're all switching places and we all end up in like the certain place that we were meant to end up and like it's it's amazing and it's and it's and it's complicated because when you do one pirouette you're supposed to be on your green mark and when you go off you're supposed to be on another green mark but you're supposed to come back to that green mark and and look pretty and not forget the choreography <laughs> at the same time Mark is also pretty well known for being, for a sense of humor. And any dancer who's ever worked with him will talk about how he can flip yeah. between being very serious and outrageously yeah. funny. Sandpaper is very witty. So um, do, does that resonate with you? you? Know, do you have a sense of humor that you can relate to in sandpaper? I, I don't know. What do you guys think? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I love I love how sandpaper doesn't take itself too seriously, and I kind of I don't know if this is true, but I kind of, in my mind I kind of imagine Mark Morris coming in with this idea of, of choreographing a ballet for San Francisco Ballet, which you might think of being a very serious, top tier, very serious company, and him just being like, I'm gonna come in. And create a ballet for this very serious company where they have to wear green unitards and green gloves and 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 not take themselves too seriously. And and you know and and I think Mark Morris the the the, the thing about him he just kind of thinks that human human civilization in general is ridiculous. <laughs> and then especially he thinks that people in ballet are even more ridiculous because they're known for taking themselves extra seriously. And he's just trying to break all that and, and up and be, be a person. Just be a person. You know? I'm looking at the clock and we could talk about sandpaper forever. Um, a lot of the... When I've thought about it in my mind, a lot of the movements are kind of un or anti ballet and there it's very simple in terms of the actual steps there's not a lot of fancy technical choreography and yet it's very complex yeah and so that sense of kind of un ballet um, really comes through but don't be deceived it's really tricky. No, it's it's weird because you, it's like uh, it's like equal parts of taking your job very seriously, but also not. You have kind of have to find the the middle ground. So we're going to segue to talking about bespoke, which um, is choreographed by an equally musical choreographer. Well, I don't know if anybody's equal to Mark Morris, but let's say a very musical choreographer, Stanton Welch. And the music is Bach. Could we get more serious? And it's about, I mean, it, it, the music is driving it yeah. quite a bit. But there's also a subtext. So 
I know you're in the cast of Bespoke. In fact, you were in, in one of the original casts. I'm the OG cast, yes. <laughs> Say more about that. Uh, well, 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 we created it for the Unbound Festival last year. Um, I had never worked with... Uh, I had never worked with Stanton Walsh before. And did, did he dance here once He studied in the school He here. studied in yeah. the school here. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, uh, the, I had heard the music before. It sounded familiar. I feel like I... It's very well. I feel like I heard... I think I heard it in, like, a vampire movie at some point. I don't... Or something like that. Um, but, yeah, it, w- it was an interesting process. Um, and it was actually one of the only classical pieces that came out of that choreographic mm-hmm. festival. Yeah. And that's his whole point. Is his it is the trajectory of a dancer's career. And you can read the program notes so I won't belabor it, but he talks about um, mourning the end of a performing career. I mean, it's something that unfortunately all of us as dancers will have to come to mm-hmm. terms with eventually. So you can actually see in the piece shifting moods, but um, I guess one of the reasons I wanted to contrast it with Sandpaper is that it's a piece about ballet. Yeah. And it's almost like is. a study of ballet yeah, yeah, in a way. Yeah, yeah. Like, now that I think about it, it kind of is. The way that we go through our arm gestures and all the positions in classical ballet, it's almost like a study. And when it, the curtain comes up, there's a long section that's unaccompanied that is just a dancer reveling in ballet technique. And when I watched what we got to see of it the other night, um, (laughs) I was really struck again by how difficult it looks technically. It's very technical, yeah. And and with 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 the black background and those stark white costumes, there's no hiding anything. Um... And, so, and you said you had not done another Stanton Welch piece, but he has done a number for San Francisco Ballet. Mm-hmm. I can't remember how many. Um, before we invite the audience to ask some questions, I wanted to just reference some of the works on Program 3, which is in rotation with this one, mm-hmm. because you're in those pieces, and I think they kind of relate. Um, Etudes comes to mind. Another study of classical ballet. And you were mentioning um, how challenging it can sometimes be to be in, a, in the core. And I know you're one of the men who, even though they are, well, they can't, some of them are soloists and principals, you have to dance ensemble yeah. work. And I'm wondering what it was like for the guys to have to buckle down to that kind of ensemble you know, work. It's, ha- it's hard. It's hard to stand in line and be in the core as it is already but it's hard to stand in line and do ceases and double tours and and major jumping and tricks and still stay in line <laughs> with you like it's that it's very difficult it's a hard it's a hard 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 ballet and it's also um you'll hear an expression dancers use puffy and what what do we mean by puffy? Puffy. Oh, yeah, that's getting off into the wings and collapsing on the floor and sweat coming off your nose. Or, or, you know, there's a moment where we lay down on the floor and I just see drops of sweat 
collecting off, like falling off my nose and collecting on the floor. And be, oh, I hope no one slips on that. <laughs> While you're wheezing for breath. Right. Yeah. And smiling and making it look <laughs> effortless. Um, I wanted to make sure there wasn't anything else I wanted to um, get from you before we let the audience. Oh, I, you know what? Can yeah. I go back to Bach real quick? I oh, actually, I read something really interesting about him today. Um, he had 20 children, two wives, two different wives, but in total 20 children. I might have known that. And many of them were musicians. So one of you might be related to him. <laughs> there's a good chance. A lot of people are. <laughs> and he was descended from a musical family. Oh, really? So there's another whole story there. Another whole Next thread. time. Next time. <laughs> so let's invite the audience to ask you some questions. Does someone have, let's jump right here. Foreshadow. foreshadow, foreshadow. Okay. Oh, no problem. Uh, well, I, I'm um, I'm not a I'm not a part of the ballet, unfortunately. But um, explain what he's talking about. Oh, for, for, yeah. foreshadow is a piece by Val Cannon Paroli, um, and it premiered in this year's gala. Um, and uh, it's actually uh, loosely follows the story of Anna Karenina. So, if you um, is it being performed tonight? Yep. It is being performed. So when you see when you see the light, the lighting go uh, from stage right to stage left over and over again, it's supposed to kind of mimic uh, train cars. Oh, and it does. Um, Val, who has a sense of humor, speaking of senses mm -hmm. of humor, um, just said, you know, it's his take on Anna Karenina in six minutes, and um, you know that's very Val. But but he, I kind of think he's done it. It's amazing. It's oh, yeah. Just, I, I love that piece. I love Three dancers, and there's um, Jennifer Stahl is Anna, mm -hmm. and Teet Helmets is the guy's name. Thank you. There we go. And um, uh, Lizzie Powell is Kitty. Yeah. And it's just um, extraordinary how in six minutes to the Enrico Anaudi yeah. score. And it's, I think it's the, the, it's the perfect Where's amount it? of time, it, and it leaves you wanting more, and it finishes... So I'm not going to tell you how it finishes, but uh, I think it just ends perfectly. Unless you've read the book. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> uh, somebody else. Oh, oh, the that's... question was, do you hate talking about injuries, and when dancers are out, of course, they're missed. Um, uh, no, I don't, I don't hate talking about injuries at all. Each... I've, I've had quite a few in my career, and with each injury, I feel like I learn so much more about my body, and it also reminds me how much I, I love what I do. You know, it gives me a chance to miss my job. So each time when I come back from being injured, I just feel like I'm always like, oh, I missed this. I missed this opera house. I missed the stagehands who work backstage. I miss the people that work in the wardrobe department. Just like the whole community of getting to be a ballet dancer in this wonderful opera house. That's what I call a cup half full point of view. <laughs> um, let's see, there's time for a couple more. Um, what are you looking forward to dancing down the season? I think the first thing, when you ask me that, the first thing that comes to mind would probably, probably be Puck in Midsummer Night's Dream. That's something that I've kind of always had my eye on since I was a little boy. And um, so the fact that I get to do it in the next program is, is something that I, I'm, re I'm really ha excited for. Yeah. Yeah. Early March, program yeah. four. Yeah.
What would you tell your 10-year-old or your 10-year younger self? Actually, I kind of wish that I was more like myself 10 years ago. Actually, in a way, because I was kind of young and oblivious... And I, and, and I actually didn't suffer from stage fright as much as I do now. Because now I know what's on the line and I kind of, and, I'm, and I feel the gravity of the roles that I'm doing and, and the people who've done it before me and the big shoes I have to fill. As, but when I was sort of like an oblivious 19-year-old, I just went out there and did it. So actually I'm trying to be, more, I'm trying to revert back. This is a tricky and a good question. Um, it's your responsibility to make what you do look effortless, mostly. How do you do that? And share some tricks of the trade. I, I would say uh, during the rehearsal process, if you've really put in the work and you've, and, and you've put in the sweat and, 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 and all of that, and you've really tried your hardest, by the time you get on stage, you can just forget about all that. And, 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 and hopefully just think about enjoying yourself. And this is something that goes back to knowing that it's a limited career. There is an expiration date coming up. And the closer that expiration date gets to me, the more of just every time I go on stage, just trying to enjoy myself as much as I can. And so if you're enjoying yourself, I would say that's a good way to make it look effortless. And I will just say there's a lot of training, a lot of repetition. Yeah. Also, just smiling. Sometimes you can trick your body. You can trick your brain. And it's smiling from the outside in. <laughs> okay, one more question. How old were you when you knew you wanted to be a dancer? So, well, I started dance at six years old, but that was supposed to just be like a form of PE because I was actually homeschooled my whole life, so I had no official form of PE, and my mom was like, you guys need to get off the couch. And so through a series of events, we ended up in dance classes, um, but I, and I loved it right away because I kind of grew up watching Gene Kelly movies, and, uh, and actually... Um, Speaking of sandpaper, I read that that, is, uh, that name comes from when old vaudeville dancers would put sand on the floor and, 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 and do, like, soft shoe. And I used to watch this movie called Calamity Jane with Doris Day, and there's this scene in the saloon where she has a salt shaker, and she's pouring out on the ground in front of her. So what, any, what I'm getting at is watching movies like that, Gene Kelly, Doris Day, um, and when I started ballet, I liked that I felt like I was kind of in a movie like that. But I would say maybe like 13 would be around the time where I was like, oh, I'd like to do this for a living. And somebody encouraged you and said you have yeah, yeah. potential, I, and you I, have and talent. I, I don't think they told me. I think my teachers kind of communicated that to my mom and was like, hey, you know, just so you know, like your son could actually do this. This is not just for physical exercise. For those of you who came in after we started, I've been in conversation with soloist Lonnie Weeks. I want to thank you so much, Lonnie, thank for sharing you. your Thank you, and thank you, everyone, for coming to hear me talk. Enjoy this evening's performance.
and thank you. Thanks for listening to San Francisco Ballet's Meet the Artist podcast. For more podcasts and other audience engagement programs, check out sfballet.org or your favorite podcast player.